I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, yesterday, the Federal Reserve announced it was raising interest rates again by just a quarter of a percentage point this time around. So, what does this actually mean? Is it the hard part over? Is this the beginning of the end? End of the beginning? Inflation easing? Recession coming or going? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as we always uh, see what the fallout is after the Federal Reserve uh, makes announcements, uh, we turn to our ultimate inside source when it comes to all of these things. Jeff Cox, of course, is the economics editor for CNBC.com and uh, always gives us such great perspective. And uh, Jeff, now that we've had about a 24-hour cycle to digest this, uh, what have we learned? Uh, what has the response been? <laughs> well, the market's still trying to make up its own mind about what it saw yesterday um certainly taking the um at least initially taking the glass half full view that the fed is nearing the end of its uh, rate hiking cycle and that um they're going to be able to pull off the vaunted uh soft landing scenario or softish landing scenario for the economy um i think you know kind of seeing a rally in stocks that's built on hopes for liquidity that some of these measures that are you know being aimed at taking money out of the economy and slowing things down are going to uh, are, are, are going to go away eventually this year and maybe even uh, the Fed might even be thinking about uh, cutting rates by the end of the year and and you know the, the market's kind of just taking that approach thing although you know, today's kind of a weird day the Nasdaq is way up it's like 2.4 percent now and the Dow is actually down 170 points so I think the market's really you know trying to trying to parse this out uh, getting some mixed signals, you know, trying to take the positive out of it. But still, I, I, I think a lot of work to be done yet. Yeah. And so as you look at that, obviously, we had four consecutive uh, 0.75 percentage point uh, moves uh, coming and then mm-hmm. a half. And now we're down to a quarter. Uh, from from your insight, what is what are you gathering from all of that? And, and what do you see coming next? Well, yeah, it's eight hikes. We have, you know, four and a half percentage point move. Um, it, it's the most aggressive monetary policy that we've seen, um, at least the most aggressive tightening that we've seen in, in, in you know, more than more than 40 years. So um, so it, it, it's been it's been a lot to process. Um, you know, I, I was in the room yesterday for, for Chair Powell's news conference. Um, I think that he was a little bit more optimistic about the prospects down the road than um than we had all been expecting. I was looking for a pretty hawkish chair yesterday, you know, guys trying to talk the market down from this idea that, um, 
you know that 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 uh, you know that the Fed was ready to 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 to, uh, to ease up on this fight against inflation. Um, so I I I really think you know the, the last chapter hasn't been written on all this yet. Um, the uh, I I I think you know the Fed is going to you know has at least one or two more hikes up its sleeve yet. I don't. I, I would be really surprised to see rate cuts this year. I, I, I could be wrong. I would be really surprised. I think that you know the Fed would rather keep rates as high as it can for for as long as possible. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And so, looking at how that plays out again, it's always that tap on the brake versus stepping on the gas. And how do you get that all coordinated yeah. right? And and what happens if you hit both at the same time? Uh, and so, as you look at it as it relates to to inflation and potential recession. Uh, what are some of the key things that you're tracking there? Well, I, I think it's going to be you know just interesting to see how things play out with the labor market in, mm-hmm. in particular. We got the big jobs number tomorrow. I think the market's looking for about 190,000 somewhere around there. Print for the uh, January non-farm payrolls report. Um, you know, we saw some other numbers that indicate that the labor market is still very very tight. Um, job openings are still very high. We've got about 1.9 job openings per every available worker. Um, you know, there, there are still some wage pressures out there. Uh, jobless claims are extremely low right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, down back down to like 180,000 in that area, which is not something I, I think that anybody saw coming. So, you know, people, you know, if you're getting laid off, you, you know, you, your chances of getting another job uh, in, in a fairly short period of time are, are, are pretty good. So, um, you know, that's going to be important. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch what some of the other central banks around the world do as well. Um, you know, keep your eye on what the Bank of Japan is going to be doing. I mean, they've been pumping a lot of liquidity into the markets. I think you're going to see them stop doing that. Um, the uh, ECB or the Bank of England, rather, today coming out with their, their uh, half point rate hike, but also kind of saying that you know, they're a little bit more optimistic on the economy where they were. So. Um, you know, this 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 is going to be a, a, a vexing scenario, and um, you know, markets off to a great start this year, but um, it's it, you know they're kind of pricing in perfection right now. So, um, so if we don't get perfection, it'll be interesting to see how how yeah. the markets react to that. Yeah, that reaction will be fascinating to see how that that plays. Digging just a little bit more in the uh, in the payroll uh, numbers, obviously in January that growth one hundred six thousand in January. Uh, give us some other in- indications in terms of uh, kind of the different segments. Uh, who's who's hiring? Who's uh, reducing? What what does that look like? Well, obviously, the the big um, red flag has come from the tech sector. I think a lot of these companies, um, Silicon Valley type companies, really overhired in the early date stages of of the uh, pandemic on some signs that, uh, that 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 a lot of these uh, companies that had done very well. Um, in, in in the earlier days of this, um, we're going to continue to grow, and you know, trees don't go to the grow to the sky, right? Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. So so these companies are now finding out. I think that they overhired, um, and they're starting to really trim back pay now. Uh, the, I guess the good news about that is it doesn't look like it's spread into other parts of the economy. It looks like the big layoffs are, for the most part, confined. To, uh, to to the tech type companies that that you know that that were really hiring like crazy uh, a couple of years ago. So um, you know that's going to be interesting to watch. You know how, where are we going on wages? Um, you know that that's something that the Fed's very concerned about. You know, of course, everybody wants to see wages go up, but you know we're seeing wages go up and still not 
keeping up with inflation. So, um, you know, are, 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 are you know, we're, are we going to find some equilibrium there? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, you know, just keep watching those jobless claims and you know, kind of the real time numbers to see, um, to, to to see where the market is. The, you know, long story short, it looks like the labor market's pretty resilient right now, mm. um, but that's going to hold the key to, uh, to, to I think where we're going economically. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right. And finally, I want to just uh, bring it back to the kitchen table, literally to the kitchen table. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of focus, of course, have been on eggs <laughs> uh, as yeah. one thing. But we know we know our food prices are still kind of hovering around that uh, 10% uh, increase uh, mm-hmm. over the last year. What else are you seeing in that space? What else is hitting the kitchen table, uh, both in terms of not just food, uh, but just kind of costs in general that uh, families are going to have to grapple with? Well, we see gas prices going in the other direction. There was a lot of optimism that uh, that, that oil prices were falling, and that you know we, we had seen prices at the pump come down pretty much. Uh, we, we've seen just over the last month or so, though, that kind of turnaround in the other direction. They're up, uh, you know, thirty cents a gallon or so. I, I, I think nationally, so that's always. You know, the gas prices are, are, are a really big deal. I, I, they actually make up less of much less of what we spend than it appears, but it's just a psychological thing. Yeah. It, it, it just really feels like when people are going there and they're seeing gas and prices at three fifty, three seventy five, four dollars a gallon, it just makes their whole mentality about inflation kind of sour. So, um, you know, that's a big deal. Egg prices, as you mentioned, up like sixty percent over the last year, which is just which is just absolutely crazy. And uh, you know, a, a lot of other you know normal household item kind of things. I think you know you're seeing kind of inflation come off the boil in some other areas a little bit more on the uh, the, the kind of good side. Um, you know, housing prices certainly have uh, have have flattened out and uh, and you know have, have gone in the other direction. In some areas, so um, and and mortgage rates are coming down, which is actually a pretty big deal. I think mm. we're back below five percent now on a thirty-year mortgage, which you know that has that 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 reversed a trend. So um, you know, could start to see maybe some money flow there a little bit. Um, so yeah, it it, it it it's a broad brush picture. Um, those food and energy costs are the things that everybody notices. Um, you know, ho- hopefully those increases start to start to slow down and you know maybe you know by the end of this year inflation gets back down to like at least maybe that three to four percent range rather than the kind of five six seven eight nine percent range that we've seen over the last year yeah and then fi- finally I'm gonna sneak in an extra one today because I can Jeff mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that's, yeah, the, sure. the, the president is is uh, you know locking things in for the State of the Union uh, on Tuesday uh, as it relates to the economy as it relates to inflation uh, again, making sure that his message is congruent with what the American people are experiencing. How does how does he frame that in terms of both the interest rate things, what's going on there, and then again, what's happening around those kitchen tables when it comes to families across the country? That's a great question. And as I said, I was in that press conference room yesterday. Unfortunately, I didn't get called on because <laughs> the question that I 
Well, maybe fortunately for Chair Powell, because the question that I was going to ask is, 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 is a lot along the lines of what you just said. I think my question was going to go something along the lines of, okay, Mr. Chairman, a bunch of people like us can sit in a room and talk about these esoteric data points and that kind of thing that uh, make us maybe encouraged about where inflation is heading. But when you see the average, you know, uh, Joe and Jane on the street, you know, trying to make ends meet and seeing, you know, Food prices up over 10 percent, gas prices heading the other direction, mortgage rates up. And then to kind of have to sit here and say, on top of all that, we're going to keep we're going to raise interest rates and keep raising interest rates higher. You know, what would you say to those folks? And and I guess if I was going to play Chair Powell's part or President Biden's part, I would just say, hey, you know, we're doing what we need to do policy wise to try to control all this, hopefully it's not a long-term thing, and we just kind of ask you to be patient to let things come down. I'm not sure what else he can really say. I mean, if you're the president, you want to be optimistic, but you don't want to gaslight people either and try to, you know, tell them things, you know, are, are, are different than what they're experiencing on the ground. I mean, this has been an extraordinarily difficult 12, 18 months period um, for consumers. And, um, you know, I, I, I think all they can preach now is just patience and hope. And, you know, we're trying to do the right things and, 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 we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, confident that things are going to move in the right direction and hope they're right. Because, <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot of work to do yet. Yes, yes, they do. And uh, I wish you had been able to ask that question. We're going to get you make, make sure you get called on next time. <laughs> uh, that would be great. Jeff Cox, ex- economics editor for CNBC. Always appreciate your perspective, Jeff. Thanks for making time for us. Absolutely. Great talking to you. Yep. All right. Again, that's Jeff Cox. And uh, I, I think he I think he had it right on in terms of that's the real question beyond all the data points, beyond what's happening in the job sector, wages, eggs, all of that. We. There has to be a congruent message from the president when it gets to his State of the Union next week that what he's saying and what the American people are living has to be congruent. And I think that will be the big test for the president when he uh, steps uh, to the floor of the House next Tuesday. We'll continue to watch all of that. But it gives you something to think about beyond just the headline numbers. Uh, It has to drive itself all the way down to the kitchen table. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.